Welcome to It's a Good Life, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best one. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, Brian Buffini here, and welcome to It's a Good Life. You know, in our previous episode, we talked about how to make a good comeback, and I thought I'd just share a few examples with you, examples that have certainly encouraged me over the years, and maybe that will encourage you. I could have picked out a hundred names, a thousand names, and certainly a hundred that you would have known well, but I just picked four names of stories that are universally accepted as great success stories and defined as success, and people who are quoted and used as references all the time. And I just thought I'd share some of their ups and downs and a little bit of their story so we could all relate, all connect, and understand that we're all on this great journey. And The Good Life, like all great books of success, has chapters of failure in it. So I'm talking about Henry Ford. Some you'll know and some you might not know. You know, the great Henry Ford, as he's often referred to, right? You can't go anywhere in the world and drive a car without seeing the Ford logo somewhere on an automobile. You go to Detroit, uh, the Ford family still owns the Detroit Lions football team. The Ford factories are there and in many parts of the world and now are pioneering affordable electric cars to the world. So let's talk a little bit about the guy, Henry Ford, and how he failed his way to success. So he, he successfully built and tested his first gasoline engine in his kitchen sink on Christmas Eve. I always loved the never despise the days of humble beginnings. And um, while he was building up his first company, it was called the Detroit Automobile Company and had a bunch of investors. And that business went out of business and he lost his investors their money. Now, he bounced back. So he loses his first business. He bounces back. And uh, he actually does a road race against a person at the time who was considered like the best road racer in the world is Alexander Winton. And uh, Henry had built a car by hand, a sweepstakes car, they call it. And at Gross Point on October 10th of 1901, he beats Alexander Winton. And it gets a front page of the newspapers. And next thing you know, he's not just a local hero, but he starts getting interested investors who are saying, hey, you're doing this stuff with automobiles. We want to know more about it. In 1902, Henry leaves the Ford company due to disputes with stockholders and uh, designs of cars he built. So they're up and running. He's got some shareholders. In 1902, the company he just started, he leaves. He quits. Now he goes back to the race car side of things, and he had his Henry Ford 999 race car, which was driven now by a professional race car driver called uh, Barney Oldfield. And again, he beats this Alexander Winton character back at the same racetrack they did it before. So now he's cemented himself even more. So now all of a sudden, the investors are there. They let him do it his way. He gets a chance to build a Model T. The Model T takes over. Most Americans had never been more than seven miles away from their home. And Henry Ford said, I want people to see America. And so the Model T, when he first built it, they were producing one a day. And at the peak, they were producing one every 90 seconds. And he built one of the most prolific companies in the world and is often accredited not as building the first car, the best car or anything else, but he built the factory assembly line. That's what's most attributed to Henry Ford. But he continued on his life and he tried to do other things. In fact, he's very, very popular in the state of Michigan. And in 1918, he decided to become a senator and he lost. Okay. And so that's what you think, you know, just because you're successful 
Just because you have money, just because you have resources, it doesn't mean everything is, is going to fall in your lap. And sometimes you need to lose at something to go back into your lane. In 1921, three years after he lost out on the Senate, he went back to continuing his focus with Ford Motor Company. And by 1921, the Ford Motor Company was producing 55% of all the cars driven in America. I mean, imagine that. Imagine that level of domination and success. In the 1930s, he built a museum to preserve the historical items he'd built as part of his legacy. That museum still stands today. It's well worth a look if you ever get a chance to get up there. So here was a guy that's considered this huge success, and he was. But he had so many different chapters of failure, and he didn't quit. You know, he didn't quit because of his failures. He knew in order to succeed, he had to forget about the past and focus on his future like we all do. He just had some great quotes. He said, we don't have a chance to fail. How can we have a chance to be successful? And we can't succeed. You just can't let your past decisions haunt you. Just focus on the future. And so these are great, great quotes. And obviously, the most famous of the Henry Ford quotes is, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Now, you and I may not have the future or the destiny set up for ourselves of Henry Ford or that 55% of every product or service we come up with is going to be used in America. But it's just encouraging, I think, when you realize all these people, he failed in business, he left his own company, he tried to be a senator and failed. He went back and forward and back and forward uh, many, many times. But at the end of the day, he kept showing up. He didn't give in and he succeeded. And so now he's a, a household name. Another household name is Colonel Sanders. Now, I love Colonel Sanders' story. He's kind of a rough around the edges guy. And uh, for me personally, you know, everybody thinks about the McDonald's and all these things. When Kentucky Fried Chicken came to Ireland, it was such a big deal. And there was a place in Rathmines in Dublin, and it opened up the first Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I'm telling you that every Saturday for 10 years, when you walk down Rathmines, there was a line around the dark. It was such a big deal that we finally had KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken in Ireland. It was the greatest thing in the world. Well, here's a guy that actually didn't become a success in life till later in life. He failed at so many things. He was a railroad conductor, got fired from that. He was a lawyer, he got fired from that. An insurance salesman, didn't make any money in that. He was a lamp salesman, he was a tire salesman. He delivered babies, I can't imagine that. He was a gruff guy, you know. He was a secretary of the Chamber of Commerce for the town of Columbus. He opened a gas station, a motel, and he was also, he was in the military for a while. He had a restaurant. And he finally had his first big success. He had a restaurant that was really working great. And then what happened? They built a freeway over the top of his restaurant. They built an overpass where they took the main road where all his customers came from, and they built an overpass onto it that went over the top of his restaurant. And he was out of business by the time that road opened up, you know? He just had a you know a very, very interesting experience. You know, He dropped out of school after the sixth grade. He ended up getting a law degree. So you think about that. Like he dropped out of school in the sixth grade. He ended up being a lawyer. Like how the heck do you do that? Just an amazing character. He took an eight-week course in the restaurant business from Cornell University. So who knows? Maybe he should have been on an episode of The Office. He was writing his will at one stage because he intended to commit suicide. And as he was writing out his will, another thought came to him. and said, what, what could I do? Like, if I have a chance to start my life over now, what would I do? And the truth of the matter is, he started making this list. He borrowed $87 and bought chicken. And using his ingredients he'd used in his restaurant that had gone out of business, 
he put it in the back of his car and he started driving from town to town to town where he'd show up at a restaurant and show him how to cook his chicken recipe. Oh, by the way, 111 restaurants turned him down before the first one said, I want to use that recipe. And then another one used the recipe. And then another one used the recipe. And then eventually he opens up his own restaurant chain, Kentucky Fried Chicken, which goes on to become one of the most significant restaurant businesses in the world that now owns a whole house of brands. It's a publicly traded company. And KFC is just one of many, many restaurants that you frequent or know of every single day. And it's just, you know, this guy, he's a crusty old guy. He might have been the sweetest character you ever met in your life. He just did his best. And, you know, I think about his character strengths. He was persistent. He was resilient. And he just kept on trying after many failures. He went to restaurant after restaurant. He failed after failed. And and the next thing you know, he's an all-American success. And in his passing, his caricature, the white suit and the mustache and everything else, is still used, but not only by actors, but cartoons and everything else. And the legacy of his restaurant and his work continues on, just because he didn't give up. Just like I hope, no matter what you're doing today, you won't give up. And I hope you keep fighting, biting, scratching and clawing, no matter what. One that's a little more sexy, certainly for younger generations, than Michael Jordan. And but you all know this stuff, right? I mean, we know Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. As a sophomore, now a sophomore, you're pretty well down the path. My son Alex is currently coaching high school basketball. And uh, by sophomore year, you kind of know what you have. I mean, sometimes you can be surprised. Initially, he wasn't getting recruited, but he had a great senior year and then got recruited to college. He did great in college, and then the next thing you know, he gets drafted. He wasn't the first pick in the draft, but he gets drafted. Even uh, in watching the documentary called The Last Dance, I saw that the general manager who drafted him on the draft day said, well, look, he's not seven foot tall, but we can use him. Because at the time, the game of basketball was played through the middle, and it was the big man. You needed a seven-footer in the middle. And they're like, well, you know, Akeem Olajuwon wasn't available. He was taken in the draft, so we can't use him. And so the fact of the matter is, he wasn't exactly what they were looking for. And in his career, 26 times he says he took the shot to win the game and lost the game. You know, he's missed thousands of shots. He had to go through setback after setback. His, his father's death. He retired from the sport. He went on to play baseball. And baseball was his first love. By the way, how did he do in baseball? Well, he's a minor league player. He did okay. But ultimately, he failed. His goal was to make the major leagues. He didn't make the major leagues. And here's one of the greatest athletes in the history of all sports and all achievement. But he couldn't make it in baseball and went back to basketball. He'd already won three championships, retired, his father died, and then he started back up again. He goes on to win another three championships. And if you have a chance to watch the Netflix series, The Last Dance, you'll see even in that documentary throughout the story, he's told at the beginning of his last year, your coach is going to be fired at the end of the season, even if he wins every game. The second best player on his team, Scottie Pippen, was in a contract dispute and said, I'm not playing for the team and actually didn't play for six months. Uh, the third best player on the team, Dennis Rodman, was taking timeouts regularly to go get blitzed in Las Vegas. During the NBA Finals, he didn't show up for practice before one of the biggest games of the year because he was involved in the WWE and he was at the wrestling and he was on TV and broadcasting and appearing in the ring as a caricature in the wrestling. You're looking at this going, this is a year where it was like considered his greatest achievement and his sixth championship. And we just think from the outside looking in, it's all plain sailing. 
And it's just not. It's just not. And he, he's had the games in the last dancer. You see, he's had food poisoning in the finals and just one challenge, one setback after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. He's considered the greatest champion of all time. And I love the quote from him. He says, I, I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I was trusted to take the game win and shot and I missed. I have failed over and over again in my life and that is why I succeed. And that's where it's at. And I just won't want to hit you with platitudes and the stories. I just want you to know, like, this is the dominant prevalence and theme in successful people. And in my own life, I experienced a lot of failure, a lot of setbacks, a lot of difficulty, but not only kept going, but kept the attitude moving forward, believed that better days were ahead, were grateful for what was going right, and then embraced the future. I'm going to tell you, for speaking autobiographically, I haven't always done it without grumbling or frustrating or getting ticked off or whatever. All those things part of the human story. But you keep chipping away. Lastly, I'm going to share the story of J.K. Rowling. And, you know, I was not a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, my daughter-in-law kind of got our family interested in Harry Potter. And then we went to Universal Studios in Orlando, and, and they have this huge... Uh, Harry Potter like land where you take a train between the theme parks and they have the castles and the schools and the this and that and the other. In fact, it was interesting. My family went to Oxford where you, you go into the dining hall, which Hogwarts dining hall is based after. We might have been the first people, first American tourists in 20 years who walked through there who'd never seen the movie at the time. But uh, I really got into J.K. Rowling. You know, she's a, a single mom, unemployed, living Uh, below the poverty line, at one stage is on the British welfare system. She wrote the manuscript for Harry Potter and 12 different publishers had turned it down. Now, it's one thing when 12 publishers turn you down in America because there's a hundred more. But when you're in Europe and you're in England, for example, there aren't that many publishers. So you're running out of options. And it's just, she's getting turned down one after the other, after the other. She really needs it. She really wants it. But she really stayed true to herself and true to her craft. You know, she's the first author in the history of the world to become a billionaire. That is wild. The first author in the world to become a billionaire. And my favorite J.K. Rowling quote is, it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. And I just think that's a very wise approach to it. And I know I've spent a couple of episodes here talking about failure and setbacks and comebacks and so on and so forth. And it's not to depress you or to, to remind you of struggles or challenges or past experiences in your life or experiences you're facing now, but it's to encourage you. Failure is part of the dynamic of success. It's actually an ingredient in the soup. It's what makes the soup so tasty. It's what makes life so good. Life is so good because you have experiences when it's not so good. And ultimately, as you make these comebacks, you're not alone. And, and you know, myself included, I may never be a, a Michael Jordan or a J.K. Rowling or whatever else in my chosen walk of life. But if they can do it, I can do it. If Henry Ford can do it, I can do it. I might not go to the degree of Henry Ford, but I can do the Brian Buffini version of that. So I want to share with you a few stories today, just a few thoughts, just a few reminders, just a quick hitter that uh, maybe you're on your walk or your workout or your you're out walking the dog today, you're driving to work, wherever you listen to this podcast, maybe you're watching on YouTube, that uh, some of these comeback stories might encourage you 
It might encourage you to make a good comeback and keep you on your journey for things you're experiencing now or things you might even experience in the future. So I hope you enjoyed today. I hope those stories uh, bring a little lift to your day. I hope it makes the life you're living a little more good. Thanks for joining me today. God bless. We'll catch you next time. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.